0: Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Um, here's an article, uh, Why Direct Mail Strategy Should Be Part of Your Marketing. And, uh, you know, it's full of the same stuff that you, you see all the time. <laughs> it says, direct mail has become an unexpectedly postmodern way to reach consumers A Canada Post study about the power of mail found it more memorable and more persuasive than digital media. Yeah, okay. And that's about it. Uh, You got to know your target audience. Marketing begins by knowing your customer and their buying behavior. Eh, you know, to some extent, right? If somebody subscribes to a horse and rider magazine, they probably have some interest in horses. That's about as close as you're going to get. That's about as close as you ever get. And if you think you can tell me what I'm going to buy next, you're just smoking it because I don't know what I'm going to buy next. And that's the flaw of the fatal promise of digital, that we know who you are because we have all your browser history and we know what you'll buy next. So once you let go of that fantasy that you know what I'm going to do next... That's so stupid. But once you get step back of that and you see that the emperor has no clothes, then you consider mail because you say, well, then it doesn't matter. You know, if I, if I want to reach contractors, HVAC, if, I, if I'm an HVAC contractor and I want to reach homeowners, I'm not going to try and reach them the day their furnace goes out on New Year's Eve at midnight. That happened to me. <laughs> Luckily, I got it working again, believe it or not. And uh, you're not going to find me then, but maybe you can find me for a while before that. Maybe I put your refrigerator magnet up and when that furnace goes out or the sticker that's on my furnace from Drake Camp Heating that did a great job or sprung well in plumbing, did another great job, you know, and maybe I will call you when I need you, which is another way of looking at marketing. <clears throat> Till the ground, prepare the soil, get ready for spring. You know, don't come running around at harvest time saying, gee, aren't you glad uh, uh, I know you're harvesting? No, you say, that's too bad. You didn't help. You haven't helped. Okay, so you can, and we'll get into this in a little more if we get to the personalization one. I think we will. Um yeah, we're gonna get to that one. Okay, so that's enough of this. It, it, it's uh, it's it's like a lot. It's like about eighty percent of the direct mail articles I see today. I see them every day. It's wonderful because when I first started this live stream, I never saw them at all, right? So uh, here's a good one though. It's from Modern Postcard. It's from Chris Foster, and uh, he actually gives some specs, which I like, really like. Okay, a uh, lot of numbers in here. Um, Amazon's going to get half of the e-commerce, but this is one I especially like 97% of visitors leave without buying on their first visit to the website. Now that doesn't sound right to me pretty much because that would mean that 3% buy right off the bat and that's probably high. Maybe it's true. Very first visit. <clears throat> I don't know you know I tried to I tried to buy from a website that I'd never heard of because I'm looking for a purple fleece. And I found a site that has rel- relatively economic ones. Um, but, you know, there were too many questions on my credit card. So I did it on PayPal and didn't go through. And I left. But they have my email. Are they going to contact me? <clears throat> I doubt it. Did they leave a first party cookie? I doubt it. Anyway, so when brands retarget digitally, they uh, if they retarget 1,000 visitors, only about 7 to 10 come back. Okay, now. In defense of that, that's a 07 to a 1% response rate, which is not too bad, actually. 1% of 1,000 is mm, 10, okay, 1%. Then he goes on to say, right, 0.7%, okay? Then he goes on to say that they use first-party cookies and match about 50% of web visitors. That's pretty good. Usually, I, I after you figure it out, now, There may be some wiggle room in there because they may mean we match them, but we don't have opt-in or we don't have this or we don't have that. Usually, if you get 100,000 visitors, you end up with about 5,000 that you can actually retarget with mail. But let's say they say they have a patented first-party cookie way to match that's better than IP matching, okay, which may be true, may be true, Uh, and... since they've already visited your website, and maybe if you asked them about first-party cookies, you could consider that an opt-in and mail them. So I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying that this is way higher. This is 10 times higher than most of them I've evaluated. Okay? And I was on with uh, uh, somebody from LS Direct just yesterday talking about how great they did on their retargeting with Love Sack. Anyway, it launches the postcards. And um, this I liked. <laughs> The author of the article quotes himself. Most of our e-commerce clients are seeing very high response and conversion rates, says Chris Foster, VP of development. <laughs> OK, and then studies have proven. I always like that kind of that. There's a there's a phrase that really does it for me. Uh, and this is I actually clicked on it. to see, I'll save you the time. It's uh, it's from that 2015 Sappy uh, paper company study about neuroscience and how your brain has 10 times more receptors for touch than sight. And uh, so, you know, there's a lot of good numbers in here. Uh, I like this one the best. Cost per conversion came down from $54 to $15. I'd like that fleshed out a little bit more. But anyway, really good numbers. I'll have that one up in the show notes if you subscribe over at WDMA.org then you can, uh, you can get all the show notes every day of my marked-up articles. This is something from Royal Mail over in, uh, in the UK, and this was an interesting study. I'll just go right to the graph. It showed the darker lines are people that basically use direct mail as their foundation, and way, way, way higher percentage of them use, use it for information and education, Okay. Uh that they're telling their story. They want to tell their story. They want to get the information across. 74% are made up on the spot. Yeah, right. And over 90% of facts that you don't verify are true. You'll think they're true. Anyway, well over. Anyway, education. Hey Bill, it's great to see you. Wait, we're getting to yours. I'll hurry up. Here's another one, oh, uh, that says education. It's really hard to read this stuff. And then personalization. Now, they talk a lot about personalization, but they actually flesh it out a little bit. And they say that direct mail can play an important role. Direct mail, they attempt to personalize more than a lot of the other campaign case studies. And when you think about it, you know, if you're doing a TV commercial, you know, when I was young, I remember hearing about cross-your-heart bras from Playtex. I never have bought a bra. I never, never really wanted one, but I really do know that term because... I was in front of the TV. So there's a broadness to mass media. It's not called mass media for nothing, right? And even digital. You know, a lot of that personalization, if you give up on that idea of, if you give up on the idea that you're going to figure out what I want next, then you devolve into something pretty general. Because you really don't know who Facebook is serving up to you or Google. OK, so what they're really saying is like, here's an example. Titan Travel use personalized brochures to help customers select their next trip. Now, you can do that. Our very first modeling client was the Hudson Bay Company, and they wanted us to model travel. And I said, yeah, but a trip to Cancun and a trip to the Yukon are very, very different. <laughs> and but we did know we did know the trip. And so we could actually. You know, if they went to up to, up to what's the name of that place where all the polar bears are? Hudson or something like that? Anyway, if they went up that way, they might be ready to thaw out in Cancun. Or maybe they need another trip up to the great white north. But that's the trouble. You know, if you've been there once, does that mean you're going to go there twice? And it's that way with almost every purchase, right? But anyway, it says that they were able to personalize the brochures. How they did that, I'd like to know. But they were 500% more effective than non-personalized versions. I think even the attempt, you know, if you said, well, you went to Cancun with us last time, how would you like the Yukon this time? And I think that would be a pretty good, that would be a start. At least you would acknowledge it. I know know so many fundraising letters I get are like, you got to give now, we just lost our furnace or whatever it is. Nobody ever acknowledges that I've given them thousands of dollars. You know, CBN used to acknowledge that and I really liked it. You know, they would say, you know, you've been giving ten dollars a month. Could you up it to 15? Excellent. Excellent simple approach. From hard data, you don't have to infer anything. Okay. Um COVID increased the likelihood of mail being read and engaged with. Mail can differentiate marketing campaigns. Uh, it's physical presence in people's homes can combine with digital to give clear, to drive clear growth for bands, brands that invest and direct mail delivers both brand and performance goals. Okay. Well, it was paid for by Royal Mail. So, you know, they have to put that stuff in. Okay. Here's the one I really wanted to get to. Here's Bill's article. And, uh, this is one of the better articles I've ever come across. I have to say, and here he had me right at the beginning at the very first, at the very first sentence. While it is valuable for a salesperson to ask questions of himself or herself and about the customers, there are good questions and there are bad questions. I was on a three-hour Zoom uh you know, conference thing yesterday, and one of the things the first presenter said was, there are no good questions, or there are no bad questions. There are no good ones either, but there are no bad questions. And I thought to myself, there are a lot of bad questions. they are mostly bad questions. You know, I have an MA in philosophy, and most of the questions were bad. But my very first day as a marketing consultant, now 40 years and a month ago, I was in a meeting with a business-to-business mailer, and my boss, the business to business consultant, okay, and I, and they were talking about NBF. No, they were talking about NBL. NBF was George's company that I, you know, my friend George. Anyway, NBL, and I, in the middle of everything, raised my hand or whatever and stopped and said, what is NBL? Now the trouble with that question is, both people knew exactly what NBL was and I was being passed off as a marketing consultant. And NBL was National Business List. It was the number one place to get business lists. They weren't that good, but it was the number one place. And anybody who had 10 minutes of experience, which I didn't, would know that. That was a bad question. And Vic Hunter told me it was not that great a question. And maybe I should hold my questions and ask him later, which would have been an excellent approach, which I didn't do. So... There are bad questions, and Bill's got me there. Really, really smart. Yes, there are bad questions. There are terrible questions, okay? And bad questions demonstrate a lack of understanding of what's important and business protocol and... Uh, <laughs> And customer killing assumptions. And when you start from a great foundation, like this article does, and you know there are definitely bad questions, then you can basically get rid of the stupid that most salespeople do in front of the customer. And that is why this is a gem. And you need to go over to you need to go over WDM8 or just look bill up on, on LinkedIn. Because where did I find this anyway? PI world. Yeah, that's one that all of you know, right? Anyway, so Do I have enough identified enough opportunities? You always need a full pipeline because when you're down to your last opportunity, you hate to call them because what if they tell you, no, wait, wait wait six months and call us again, then you're done. You're done. So a successful month is step one, but stringing together a series of successful months requires constant additions to the list, right? Nobody has enough, right? The next good question is, (laughs) what are you planning to spend on this campaign, you know? that's one I got from Mike Gunderson. Do you have 200 grand? You know, and that's right. It takes a certain amount of confidence. But is it, you know, what's my the best use of my time right now? Is never bad, but it should be asked the day before. The best time is to is to is to ask it the night before, which he says down in the bottom. Sometimes the best use of your time might be to relax, take a break and recharge, but it's not always the best time. <laughs> the best use of your time. <laughs> you know, Uh, uh, What does it say? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will overtake you like a vagabond. I got a personalized piece years ago from a company that makes the personalized RIP. Oh, this is too long to read, Bill. (laughs) We'll have to talk. We'll have to get you on here so you can repair the damage that I've done. What are three things I want to do before the end of business on Friday? And for some of us that, you know, Bill Walton used to say, uh, what does God want me to do today? And that isn't a terrible thing to ask. You better to ask it than not. Here's a great one. Why do people buy from me? I've asked myself that question. I really, you know, mostly because they think I'm going to tell them the truth, even if it doesn't, isn't in my best interests. And I think that you know, I hope I come across that way on here, because I don't want to be the hero. I want to be the, the Yoda in your in your, in your your uh, campaign. Um, five worst questions. Who buys the print? This is one of the best questions if you don't want to get the job. <laughs> you want to be a problem solver. And that's why Vic hired me. But he should have told me who NBF was, or, or not to ask dumb questions. But, you know, live and learn. We got the client anyway. The purpose of my call is, and don't talk about print, absolutely right. You know, I've helped a lot of people increase the value of their company and sell it at a huge profit. Would you be interested in that? And the print buyer will not be interested in that. The only people that are interested in that are probably the CEO, the board, and maybe the CFO, probably those three, okay? Okay. So if you ever get a chance to talk to them, you just ask them that. Would you be interested in a higher valuation of your company? So you could sell it if you wanted to. Oh, yeah, that's what they want. Okay. Will I get a chance to rebid just means you're going to give it away if they ask a couple more times. Uh, you should have a plan. Oh, what will this day bring? This is where he gets into the Yeah, you should have a plan, and it's best to do it before you went home the day before. The key to productivity is preparation. I told somebody that just yesterday, right? You've got to prepare for what you want to achieve. It, what is it? Everyone loves to win, but few people love to prepare to win. Amen. When something goes right, oh, this was a great one. Okay, does the client know how amazing I am? No, they never do. And furthermore, when they sell the business, they won't tell the new buyer how amazing you are. <laughs> You assume everyone knew that you drove through the snowstorm or chartered a plane to get the the the, the data there on time uh or achieved double digits response rates. They don't know. Most people don't know. And so then they hire uh another merchant, or another vendor, another service provider that just does the minimum and they wonder why the results went to garbage. And I get those calls too. <laughs> when something goes right, this is awesome. When something goes right, I wish I would have done this every time. Where were you, Bill, my whole career? And then email, outlining the details, and then CC everyone. It's not that hard to do. I do a recap. I did take that up, but I didn't didn't copy enough people on it. Oh, that is a gem. That is worth the price of admission to this live stream. Our job as a salesperson is in part to get the first and the anticipated needs. Where should I go with my business next? Bill, I think you could rework this one a little because I wasn't sure. (laughs) Yeah, you can go bounce sand. You missed our deadline or you misaddressed all my my mail and left out the street. Uh, That's happened. Not to me, but someone I know very well. Um, I think what you're asking is, is there anyone else you know in your industry that could use these kinds of services? you know, friends or associates from your your print association. Okay, but here it comes. Ask the right, this is great, look at this. Ask the right questions, avoid the wrong ones, question assumptions, especially your own. Every once in a while, pull your head up out of the sales activities you're performing and scan the horizon to make certain you're heading in the right (laughs) direction. If you don't, you could end up with the kind of job that has one question: Do you want fries with that? And so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow Bill much more closely. Everything he publishes, I'm going to probably steal. So, have a great day. Like and share. Get over to WDMA, Bill. If you want to have some fun, come to our thing at two o'clock Central, daylight today, tonight, today, this afternoon. And the style consultant's running it, so I won't be able to talk. <laughs> So you can meet a lot of great people. Have a great day. See you at 2. Bye-bye.